Welcome to the ALN Academy's Talks. This is Angelica, head of the ALN Academy. The ALN Academy's Talks aim to promote conversations on rule of law in Africa. And today, we focus on trade. We have recently seen that the Kenyan Parliament has ratified the Kenya-UK Economic Partnership Agreement. And therefore, today, I am delighted to introduce to you Daniel Ngumi, partner at ALN Kenya and Jarwala Ankana. Daniel is one of our partners of the international trade practice from ANK, and he will take us today through this topic. Daniel, thank you very much for joining us. Which are the key areas of economic development cooperation of this agreement? Thank you, Angelica. Um, economic development is key to the achievement of the entire goals of the agreement. Article 77, in particular, sets out a number of key aspects that need to be considered for purposes of economic development between the UK and the East African community. Um, as we all know at the moment, only Kenya has signed the agreement, but the intention is that all members of the East African community can in due course also join into the agreement. So in reality, some of the key areas that are going to be very helpful for purposes of economic development include um, areas of livestock, areas of uh, agriculture, um, issues to do with water, fisheries, um, aspects of infrastructure. There are a number of issues, for example, that deal with barriers to trade. So technical barriers to trade, um, issues to do with sanitary and psychosanitary standards, which relate to the question of um, um, the, the goods meeting the right uh, quality and criteria for purposes of entering into each other's markets. There are also issues to do with customs cooperation. So sometimes with agreements, what happens is that goods coming from one country into another could find barriers by, through the processes and the custom processes that need to be undertaken before the goods are cleared. It also deals with issues of resource mobilization. So in reality, the areas of economic development and cooperation are quite a number and vast as articulated in Article 77 of the EPA and which the two governments will work together to achieve. Thank you. And then, how will this economic development cooperation support the private sector? Um, so, Article 77 of the EPA, as I have mentioned before, um, deals with economic cooperation and development. The intention of the two governments, Kenya and the UK, and incrementally over time, Kenya and members of the East African community, is that they use this agreement to deepen the private sector involvement and the growth of the private sector as a whole. There are a number of areas that the Article 77 looks at developing. The first one is the legal framework that governs the private sector. So what we anticipate to see is that a number of laws will be improved. For example, the corporate commercial laws that exist in Kenya. We've already seen an adoption of the UK's Companies Act by a lot of the countries in East Africa, but that is going to be one of the measures that will, will need to be deepened. The second thing is the environment as a whole. So creating a secure environment, and um, Louisa will talk more about some of the issues to do with um, anti-corruption measures and transparency, and creating a good environment is going to be key to deepening um, um, the ability of the private sector to do well in this part of the world. And the final aspect, um, 
deals with the question of um, building capacity. So capacity building will be a key aspect uh, and that will involve deploying of staff, technical assistance um, and ability of deepening the ability of the private sector uh, um, in, in terms of achieving its objectives. One of the very specific aspects that the um, treaty also talks about deals with the question of micro, small enterprises and being able to fund them, being able to give them the expertise and the capacity building that they need and also giving them the legal framework that will allow them to also do well. So as far as the EPA is concerned, um, these are some of the key objectives that it, it seeks to achieve. What are some of the political and economic impacts that this agreement will have in the East African community? So, um, in the East African community, um, the news of Kenya wanting to negotiate a direct agreement, a bilateral agreement with the UK, was initially um, not taken very well. And the reason for this is because by virtue of the fact that Kenya is a member of the East African community, it is an idea or the intention of the community to have the ability to negotiate treaties and agreements together. So the entire idea was that um, the East African community would approach the US, the UK, would approach any other party together as one. Uh, obviously there has been a challenge over the years in terms of um, acceding to contracts or treaties. And an example is the fact that Kenya, EU, and the East African EU agreement has yet to be signed. Only Kenya has signed it. So what the East African community suggested and proposed was for a delay of the signing of the Kenya-UK um, trade agreement by at least a year to December 2021. The challenge with that was that from the beginning of January 2021, Kenya would be outside of a framework that would allow Kenya to import directly into the UK on a quota-free, duty-free basis. With other members of the East African community, they are classified as least developed countries, LDCs. As a consequence of this classification, they are entitled, even in the absence of a direct treaty, between the UK and Kenya to be in a position to export their goods directly into the UK or into the EU through what's called the Everything But Arms Treaty um, through the EU's GSP program. It's called Generalized um, Sets of, pre of, pre of Preferences. So as a consequence, the, the, the one country that was going to be in a detrimental position in East Africa in particular was Kenya because to import into the UK post-Brexit, post 1st of January 2021, would have meant that Kenya would have only had the access through what's called most favored nation treatment, and that would have had higher tariffs as compared to, uh, as compared to an instance where um, Kenya would be having a treaty. So the entire purpose of the agreement, and the reason why Kenya had to sign it, notwithstanding the fact that the EU, the rest, sorry, the rest of the East African countries were going to delay in signing it, was because Kenya's goods, in particular if you think about the flowers that Kenya exports into the UK, were going to be taxed at a different rate 
with effect from 1st of January 2021. And that's really the reason why there was significant urgency on the part of the Kenyan government to do so. Um, in effect now what's happened is that by virtue of Article 143 of the Kenya-UK agreement, other member states in East Africa can tag along and join this agreement whenever they're ready to. Um, Kenya has acceded it, so it is in force as far as Kenya is concerned. But any other member of the East African community can tag along and join by virtue of Article 143 whenever they do want to do so. Uh, there's a timeline set out in the agreement. And in any case, the East African uh, Customs Protocol and the East African Protocol, Community Protocol, um, in Article 37 allows member states to sign agreements in their own right. So the fact that Kenya has gone ahead and signed it is well within its, its rights um, when you look at the East African Protocol, Article 37. And additionally, there's precedent uh, given the fact that South Africa, so, sorry, Tanzania has already signed what's called the SADAC, the South African Development Cooperation Agreement, and therefore is a member of two, um, two, two trade agreements, the one with East Africa and also SADAC. So in reality, there, there were some political ramifications and a number of East African countries thought that Kenya should have waited for them to negotiate jointly. But given, given Kenya's unique circumstances, that in East Africa, it is, it is the only country that is not considered to be an LDC, a least developed country. And the fact that it would not access the same preferential treatment going forward, had it so it not signed the agreement, it made sense for Kenya to do it by itself and to move ahead and sign up at an earlier opportunity. Daniel, take us a bit through the background. How has been the trade relationship between Kenya and the UK? What's new? What is changing? So Angelica, um, Kenya did not need an agreement with the UK specifically before 2020. The reason for this is because Kenya together with other African, Caribbean and Pacific countries had signed an agreement with the EU. These sets of agreements are referred to as the Cotonou Agreements, as the ACP Agreements with Africa, Caribbean and Pacific countries. And what they allowed was for goods emanating from those countries to go directly into the UK and the EU markets uh, on an overall perspective uh, on a quota-free, duty-free duty, duty basis. Um, given the fact that on 23rd of June 2016, the UK had a referendum, and the consequence of the referendum was for them to withdraw from the EU, culminating in the signing of the withdrawal agreement sometime in 2020, it in effect meant that the EU, the UK was no longer a member of the EU. And therefore the prior agreements, the Cotonou agreements, were no longer going to be applicable or were, going, were no longer going to apply to the UK going forward. As a consequence, the UK had to start negotiating fresh agreements and it chose to do so with its primary trading partners and on the African continent, Kenya is key to that. So as a consequence, um, one of the key things that the UK had to do was to enter into fresh negotiations with countries that were going to change the status, particularly where um, the UK, EU, GSP uh, provisions and the rules were no longer going to be applicable going forward. Kenya is a key trading partner to the UK, um, has a positive um, 
balance of trade arrangements. And as a consequence, it was important for, uh, for the UK to negotiate with Kenya. So Daniel, based on your response, which is a positive trade balance for Kenya? So the goods that Kenya exported from Kenya to the UK in 2020 amounted in total to 49.5 billion. On the other hand, the UK goods that came to Kenya, uh, specifically in 2020, have reduced to 23.6 billion. So as a consequence, Kenya is exporting more goods to the UK than the opposite, than UK goods coming into Kenya. So in fact, our understanding, um, and I could be wrong on this, but our understanding is that um, um, in Africa at the moment, Kenya is the only country where we have a positive trade balance with the UK, where we are exporting more into the UK than the UK is exporting into Kenya. And that, that shows how important Kenya and the UK trade relationship is. So let's speak about implementation. You have previously mentioned that Kenya is applying provisionally the agreement since the 1st of January this year. And now the Kenyan parliament has ratified it. So what changes? What changes after an agreement is being ratified? So one of the things um, that's important to note is that um, under Kenya's constitution, treaties form part of Kenyan law, you know, in, together with all other forms of written laws. So, um, for example, you know, statutes that have been passed by the parliament um, have the same ranking under the constitution with a treaty that Kenya has entered into. Um, under the Treaty Making Act, um, the, the process that required to be followed has been followed. In essence, the treaty was laid before parliament, parliament voted on it and ratified it into law. So as a consequence, the issues and the aspects and the procedures that needed to be followed in Kenya have been fulfilled. The next step though, requires that Kenya notifies the, w the WTO, the World Trade Organization. And this is because Kenya is a member of the World Trade Organization, has ratified the treaties thereunder, and as a consequence, both Kenya and the UK are required to formally notify the registrar of the WTO that they have entered into a bilateral arrangement. So this process is ongoing. We understand that it should be completed fairly soon. But for all intents and purposes, the Kenya-UK EPA is in full force and can now be applied following the fact that both the UK and Kenya have gone through the ratification process. But then it means that it's the same. I mean, it means that in terms of implementation, is 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 it remains the same since, since January? Like in terms of implementing the yeah, agreement, yeah. Yeah. is the same everything. So it's more like a formality. The ratification is more like all of the formalities that need to be no, followed no, no, so no, that no, it no. becomes law. No, but you see, the ratification, ratification is what makes it law. So you see it's been pla placed before okay. parliament, parliament has enacted it, it's in full force. And, yeah. yeah. The only thing is, because we are also members of the WTO, we need to notify the WTO. Okay. Yeah. And the process of notifying the WTO requires that you actually submit the document and the cabinet secretary for trade is the one who is supposed to basically uh, follow that process. Okay. But Kenya needs to do it, UK needs to do it. Um, it's much more of a procedural aspect. Okay. For all intents and purposes, the treaty is in force. Good. Yeah. Daniel, please explain to us how taxes work under the Kenya-UK EPA. Are import taxes such as VAT covered? Um, thank you, Angelica. So the first thing is um, to bear in mind is that um, 
when goods come into Kenya, there are a number of taxes that would usually apply on their goods. In addition to customs duties and import duties, you'd find that you have VAT, value-added tax, the certain levies that are also attached to the goods, such as import duties um, and railway development levies. Now, the way the agreement works is that only customs duties are covered. Customs okay. stroke import duties are covered. And, um, and the way it works as well is that there are three criteria of taxes that would usually apply on a good coming into Kenya, which is, in fact, um, raw materials at 0%. Half finished goods at 10%, fully finished goods at 25%. And certain criteria would usually be taxed at a slightly higher level um, in, and, and, under the East African customs um, um, laws. So, so, so what the EPA does is that it governs or creates two types of criteria on taxes. The first one is that for goods that are emanating from Kenya going into the UK, they will be on a duty-free, quota-free basis. That means that all Kenyan goods will be subjected to zero import duties when they go into the UK. The converse is different. For goods that are coming from the UK into Kenya, there is a seven-year period where there will be continuity. So in effect, um, what's currently happening on the goods would continue happening over the next seven years. And then from year seven, goods will then be uh, on a graduated basis, the duties will be reduced. So for example, if it's a fully finished good that is subject to 25% customs duty, over a period of time, the duty will be reduced from 25% gradually over a period of time. And it's a period of about 15 years by the time it's fully brought down to zero. Um, and, and there are different sort of mechanisms for various goods. So the goods that currently attract 10% will be treated on a different basis compared to the goods that are, going, that are currently being taxed at 25%. There is also a list in the annex to the, uh, to the, uh, to the EPA which sets out certain goods that will not be subjected to any sort of reduction of rates. And the reason for this is that there's a, there's a, it's, it's a category known as a protected list of goods. And therefore, those will never change in terms of the rate that's going to be applied to them. The reason for this is that for certain nascent areas of Kenya's economy, if UK goods came in on a duty-free basis, they're likely to be very competitive uh, or outcompete Kenyan production. So, 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 so Kenya has essentially reserved the right not to have every single good coming in to, from the UK to Kenya on a duty-free basis. It's important to note that because of the fact that this is a process that will, uh, will, con will, will allow other, African other East African countries to join in, um, it's likely to be the case that over the next few months, years, there'll be a negotiation on what type of goods fall into which category and especially when other East African countries come on board, they might say, for this category of goods, add them to the list that will not change, the protected list. Or for this category of goods, they should go into Annex 2, which will be accelerated, and so on and so forth. So it's likely that we will see quite some, um, um, some changes uh, by the time the transitional period um, comes to an end over the course of the next few years. 
But the real intention is that Kenya has direct access on a duty-free, quota-free basis to the UK markets. On the converse, goods coming from the UK to Kenya will, will, will have the various treatment, um, either an accelerated process of getting the rates uh, reduced, and, uh, or um, in certain instances, certain goods will be protected and will not get the preferential treatment. What is the, transa the transitional period that you're talking about? It's seven years and then... So it begins, it begins at the seventh year mark, but carries on for a period of 15 years in one instance, okay. and carries on for a longer period in, in the second instance. So it will depend on the nature of the good. Um, essentially what's happened is that, uh, you know, um, under the World Trade Organization, you have what's called tariff codes for every single good that comes into the Kenyan market. So essentially, um, as part of the annexures to the EPA, you, you, we, have, we have whole tariffs that describe the goods that fall into each of these categories. So it's difficult to say at the moment which good would fall under which category, but the idea is that um, depending, if, you, if you're an importer from the UK into Kenya seeking to import certain goods, you will now need to look at the relevant annexure to know what is the preferential treatment that has been granted and the timeline that has been granted for that preferential treatment to come into place. But they all begin year seven and they go over a period of time uh, for 15 years in certain instances and for longer in other instances. And the last category would be that which would not be changing at all. And all this is, is in the annexures to the, to the EPA. And normally all treaties have this, these kind of transitional periods, like to adjust? Not, not necessarily. Okay. It, it entirely depends on what's negotiated. Okay. So um, in the Kenya-UK instance, because Kenya was cautious to protect itself from a situation where um, UK goods would immediately come into the market and would uh, outcompete Kenyan goods, it made sense for Kenya to have the protected transitional period and also to have certain goods that would not be capable of being imported on a duty-free basis. Other countries, for example, when you're looking at the Kenya and the EAC, the East African community, we don't have similar transitional provisions. And therefore, any goods that are, for example, meet the rules of origin, moving from Kenya to Uganda, would be on a duty-free, quota-free basis by virtue of the East African community without necessarily having any forms of transitional periods because Kenya, Uganda, for example, would see each other as equal equal partners in that okay. sense. Okay. But Kenya, UK, there's a concern that the UK might be uh, at a higher level, uh, has a higher ability to manufacture, and therefore there's a risk that Kenya, with all those sort of protections, could find itself in a situation where the balance of trade is highly in favor of the UK. So that's really the reason why there's a transitional period, and also that's the reason why there is a, uh, a protected list of goods that will not um, receive the preferential treatment over time. Thank you, Daniel. And then, well, this is the last question. Do you have anything else to say about this agreement? Um, well, it's been really enjoyable talking to you, uh, Angelica. Thank you. And, um, you know, the thing is, it's a monumental period and a monumental time for Kenya. Uh, for a long time, the UK has been an important trading partner. And what the EPA does is that it deepens that relationship. It allows continuity for Kenya um, with the UK leaving the EU. 
it would have meant a whole new array of arrangements had the CPA not come into force. And it would have been detrimental for Kenya's goods that were going to be imported into the UK going forward under the, under the higher um, tariff rates that would have been applied. So, so, so for Kenya, it's a big win. For Kenyan exporters into the UK, it continues to be a very uh, strategic um, partnership with the UK and with all the other aspects that are going to come in. For example, the development uh, of, um, of, 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 of the relationship through economic partnership issues, as um, we have discussed earlier on today, on mobilization of resources, issues of capacity building, the micro and small enterprises that are going to benefit from this arrangement. It will be quite a substantive arrangement that should help Kenya to continue growing at the rate that it has been growing at and which will continue to guarantee access into the UK market into the foreseeable future. So I would say that as, um, as, as legal advisors, we are extremely excited to be looking at the changes in a very positive light for Kenya and also for the East African countries, which will then tag along through Article 143 in the days to come, but also for Africa, because it shows that uh, bilateral treaties can work. And, um, and, and if other African countries use this as a precedent, we're likely to see more and more of such trade agreements being entered into by African countries with the UK and with, um, and with um, the US amongst others. So, so, so really excited to see this happening and uh, we will continue and look forward to advising many clients on how they can benefit under the UK-Kenya EPA. Thank you, Angelica. Thank you very much, Daniel. Very, very insightful. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. So for those watching us, thank you very much for your time. Please make sure to follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram. Also, this conversation is going to be available on podcast. If you wish to know more about the Kenya-UK Economic Partnership Agreement, please do not hesitate to reach out to us at info at alnacademy.org. Thank you so much and see you in our next one.